Hello and welcome to the Animation Communication Podcast, your source for discussion about animation, film, fandom, and more. So please join your host, I Love Kim Possible a Lot, or KP, and Lauren Kizich, the Abbey Roadie, for today's discussion. If you like what you hear, please remember to support by giving a like, a follow, as well as subscribing to the main I Love Kim Possible a Lot channel on YouTube. Spread the word and keep being a part of a great community. This episode contains some mild adult language. Okay, so so welcome everyone to this episode of Animation Communication, um, Coronavirus Part 2, until whenever this is over, I guess. Um, you know, everyone's just chilling and being in their house, and you know what's a good time to do? Listen to your your favorite nerd girls talk about stuff and things, I guess. Um, so... Uh, before we get into the news segment, I guess, well, well, Joe, you can wait. You just, you can just comment. Like, we'll introduce you at the discussion part. Fine. But Lauren, yeah, you're you're not important. You don't. It's fine. <laughs> That's what my um, mom always said too. <laughs> okay, you haven't, um, you haven't reached your word quota yet to be to be submitted on uh, onto the podcast yet. Yeah. That's wait, what she said to too. Thirty seconds. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I have my um. My friend Joe is our guest um, today. We'll talk about like religion and some deep shit, yo. Um, but Lauren, first, what's give me the news? Give me, tell me if the bird is the word or whatever the kids are saying these days. A papa ooh mau mau, papa ooh mau mau mau, papa ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, in all seriousness, uh, to get to down to the nitty gritty of what's been going down. Quite a bit has been going down, surprisingly, even in the midst of a coronavirus outbreak. Uh, <laughs> so we have, uh, well, to update on a previous episode uh, where we were talking about video on demand and how that seems to be the new format, uh, at least for now, going forward uh, for a lot of theatrical releases. Um, there are some companies that have already released their movies Uh onto video on demand and then there are some who are delaying their theatrical releases instead uh it seems warner brothers is doing a lot of that uh paramount has been pretty on top of it they just released uh as of this recording they've released sonic onto video on demand like on uh, digital i should say and uh they've also uh disney is also as of this recording drop not uh, onward not only on video on demand but also on Disney plus so uh so there are a lot of companies trying to keep up with it and Universal still slated to release uh Trolls Wolf tour onto uh, video on demand at the same time they're releasing in theaters um but yeah Warner Brothers has delayed uh Scoob for example uh some of their other theatrical releases uh SpongeBob has been delayed by Paramount otherwise for uh I believe it's July 31st and uh they were originally supposed to be in May. Uh so there's a and there's a number of these movies that are getting pushed uh pushed back uh you know and just I guess until this all blows over. There's so uh, companies are still holding out hope that you know this doesn't last much longer. Um but yeah, it otherwise it seems like video on demand is seem, seemingly doing pretty well. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, but then in terms of television, that's still going on strong. If anything, uh, it seems TV ratings have skyrocketed. Gee, I wonder why. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
So a lot of people have been tuning into shows and sitting down and binging shows. And uh, we just had Steven Universe Future reach its finale on March 27th. Uh, yeah, this dates the episode a little bit here. Uh, but uh, so like a week ago, it it f- had its finale and people are still talking about it. Um, so that conclude and that officially concludes Steven Universe in general. There will be no more epilogue episodes, no no limited run series unless they decide to do something down the line. At Cartoon Network where they do some kind of special thing. But otherwise, this is the end-all be-all of Steven Universe for now. So, uh, and uh, yeah, so it's 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 pretty crazy to see, you know, such an impactful show finally reach a conclusion and they've been building up to this point. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's uh, I've, I've still yet to catch up on a little bit more of future. And yes, I have been, I've been trying to binge watch. Uh, a bunch of Steven Universe to keep myself abreast. There's a lot, a lot, obviously, that happens. Um, but yeah, and then um, finally, we have uh, Dragon's Lair was uh, actually, uh, if you, if some of you were around for it a few years back, uh, uh, Don Bluth was trying to crowdfund for a fully animated feature of Dragon's Lair, uh, the video game from the 1980s, in case you guys didn't know that and but I feel like a, a lot of people mostly know about Dragon's Lair uh so yeah he originally was crowdfunding it to be a fully animated feature film and a lot of people were excited about it and we're getting kickstarter updates on it and everything uh but then a lot of it went quiet nobody knew what was going down and it turns out uh Don Bluth approached Netflix and they reached an agreement that they were going to start making a fully live action adaptation of Dragon's Lair for for Netflix and it's going to star Ryan Reynolds as Dirk or at least that's where it's where it's at right now and he's uh also going to be the producer on it so uh we'll see where things go from there but that just came down so um so we'll have to see a lot of people are kind of a mixed bag of it's a mixed bag of responses you know, in in reaction to this an- announcement, because a lot of people were hopeful that it was going to be animated, uh, you know, with 2D animation coming back. It's basically in its revival right now uh, in the mainstream. And Netflix seems to be really good with, uh, you know, with green lighting a lot of those t- 2D animated projects. I mean, they had crazy success with Green Eggs and Ham. So it was almost like it could have gone that way. But uh, we'll see where things go from here. But yeah, so that's the latest in the news. <laughs> yeah, we tried to get an animated, but you know, oh well. <laughs> yeah, and 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 plus with with Don Bluth being so established as he is in as an animation legend, it was just I mean people were so hopeful for that, and especially all the people that were donating money to, to the crowdfunding campaigns, and you know, I, so it makes you wonder. Uh, you know, how a lot of them feel about it. Like saying, well, I put in my money to have it animated, so what gives? <laughs> but I, you know, but, you know, if it's too expensive and too time consuming, I mean, yeah, unfortunately, there's going to have to be changes. So um, in order to stay within a budget, in order to not run too much money, I mean, uh, this isn't, I mean, if you, if anybody knows anything about Don Bluth, I mean, we recently had Animat on. <laughs> So, and he, he, he actually went into a really in-depth history on, on, uh, Don Bluth in his videos and you and, 
uh, UKP, you and Anna Matt talked about it too. So, I mean, we know he's not, it's not his first time trying to, you know, personally fund projects and everything like that. So, um, so I mean, he, he probably just had to do what he had to do. Mm. Yeah. It sounds like, like Netflix was interested because, Hey, Klaus did, did good. Why don't we do more of that? And then Don Bluth is like, Hey, I have this. And they're just like, lol, that's too expensive. Um, so I essentially imagine that's what happened somewhere. Ryan Reynolds was just like, don't worry, Don Bluth, I'll come in and save the day because <laughs> I'm a good boy. And then, um, you know, this is what we got. So I guess it's better than nothing, but, you know, it's still a shame it isn't 2D. But I imagine 2D is expensive these days. So Netflix is just like, well, not not in the coronavirus world. So I don't, yeah. I don't know. And 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 plus, yeah. Again, I think it would have been it would have been only natural for them to go the animated route at Netflix because Green Eggs and Ham. I mean, they poured so much, so much money into that one, and it ended up being a success. But um, but I guess it only it only matters, you know, how much money they actually have. I mean, they poured so much into that one. So I don't know. Maybe it's just yeah, true. It might not be the right time uh, to to divulge in, in, in an animated project, a fully, fully animated project like that. Um, because yeah, I think to this day, uh, green eggs and ham is like their most expensive, uh, expensive series to date because it, each episode was 2d animated hand drawn, you know, like pencil and pencil to paper, that kind of stuff. So, I mean, it was intensive. So We'll, we'll we'll have to see where it goes with the live action production, uh. But with Don Bluth being involved the whole way through, I mean, it, it's gonna be true to it's gonna be true to its origins. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, like I said, better than nothing. And um, everyone loves that Ryan Reynolds that 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 sarcastic. <laughs> Well, you that, know, mofo. That's one of Go the ahead, Joe. Oh, no, yeah. movies, right, Joe? Right. Well, that's and that's one of the things <laughs> is that Netflix's business model is based around how many new people can they attract to their service. That's how they make their money. And I would it would make sense to me that although people really like the animation on their uh their channel, uh, their streaming service, that what's going to be more likely to bring in new people to watch Netflix or subscribe to Netflix that don't already do it. And probably seeing a live action fantasy film by Ryan Reynolds will attract people who aren't even interested in animation or uh, the original project to uh, to the streaming service is probably what they're thinking. Yeah, that's probably a good a good guess from from where I'm standing, I guess. But yeah, enough with the news, enough with coronavirus. I'm sure everyone's tired of hearing about coronavirus. I am It's not too. like we hear it every day or anything. In every you know, second of every waking moment. Oh, <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. I just, I was like, I, I tweeted, I was like, I really hope all my cons don't get canceled. And then they all got all, canceled. All canceled. So. All of them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all I of mean, them. They're, you, I mean, they got rescheduled. They didn't get canceled outright. So you can see me later. But, you know, I'm like, oh, man. Think about me, though, because I had this great subscription service where I didn't have to pay for movies if they were in the theaters. And now they're just all on video on demand. And so if I want to watch the new movies, I have to pay for them. Like it's it's the suffering is real. <laughs> the first world suffering. But, first world suffering. You know, yeah. The, 
you know, obviously <laughs> this is this is serious and people are dying and that's that really sucks. But we're just complaining about it from our first world like petty bullshit. Because this uh, is an entertainment podcast, so we talk about that stuff. You kind of yeah. got to laugh your way through some of these things because, I mean, in the immortal words of Jimmy Buffett, if we couldn't laugh, we would all go insane. This is true. <laughs> so you're I welcome, mean, so that's America. Why it's like la- laugh- laughter is coping. I mean, comedy is coping too. It's just in general. I mean, the, the root of comedy is suffering. We have to laugh at ourselves when we're going through stuff. We just otherwise we literally would not be able to stand. <laughs> so we are saving lives by making jokes right now. You're welcome, make America. Them laugh, make <laughs> them laugh. You're welcome, all like 200 people that watch the podcast right now. So exactly. Call your friends, please. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so this this is an interesting episode, I guess. This is one I wanted to do since we started, is um, comparing um, not specifically fandom, but just the, the fan bases sometimes that these shows attract and comparing it and contrasting it with general organized religion, which sounds outlandish for people that might not understand the, the overlap right away. But um, I think it's an interesting topic to um, delve into because at the end of the day, like the thesis about this is, you know, stories and how human psychology works is they're, 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 they're made to understand and relate to stories. And, you know, religion has a lot of that going on. So it's got um, a few. Joe, tell us about, <laughs> tell us who you are. Tell us, tell us about Jesus. Okay. Yes. <laughs> All right. Welcome to my The Evangelist podcast. Um, so yeah, my name is Joseph Holmes, Joseph as in coat of many colors and Holmes as in Sherlock. Um, I'm a preacher's kid, uh, the son of two ordained ministers. So both my mom and my dad, uh, were ordained ministers. They met in seminary. Um, so (laughs) yeah, great love story for the ages. Um, so I grew up basically, you know, with dinnertime conversations were going to be explaining the theological implications of the movie that we just watched. Um, so, uh, so I had an awesome childhood. Everybody be so jealous. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I spent a lot of time, you know, thinking about sort of, you know, entertainment and fandom and just be seeing the, the similarities and differences sort of between um, I've been like a big nerd my whole life, you know, comic book nerd, superhero nerd, movie nerd, and being able to see like both, you know, what, but what both communities are like, and they do, they really have a lot of overlap, you know, it, you, you don't, um, you know, as I've been going into film criticism and, 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 you know, sort of filmmaking, you know, they, they have a lot of, uh, similarities. I mean, right from the beginning, you know, uh, the idea of people building communities around, um, characters and stories or or gods or mythology i mean right from like greece ancient greece like they named their cities after after gods so you know Mm -hmm. you have right there this idea that you know communities are are basing their identity how they define themselves around the mythologies that they that they create um and the the original plays which were you know in greek and then a, a theater were uh, were um, about were for religious rights initially, and then when plays died out after you know the Rome fell, when they restarted, they restarted as as mystery plays in church, um, and you know uh, once sort of religion started dying out in the West, 
movies, you know, and they, there's some really great stuff of this film genre beyond uh, Hollywood, uh, Hollywood and beyond talks about this, that sort of film sort of replaced the uh, church as like the place where stories are told that told us like what part of the cosmic struggle we're in of good versus evil. So it's not a surprise that you start to see like, you know, communities popping up like the Trekkies and the, you know, comic book fans are all building sort of communities around like, you know, myth ideas. Um, uh, that's just sort of how human beings work. Like we have to build communities around something and and define mm-hmm. ourselves some way. So we we decide what story we're in and what ideals we believe in. And then that's the community we're a part of. Um. <laughs> I'm trying well, to think I mean, I mean, it is true. I mean, we uh, when you look at a fandom, that's what it is. It's I mean, without it being even like having to be even religiously inclined, it's literally just the foundation of what who we are and what we are as humans. Like to your point, we gather around something because we are communal creatures. <laughs> so we all gather around something because it's it's a foundation. I was going to say, like, okay, so that's the podcast, guys. That's, that's the <laughs> no, no, there's so much more. Okay, um, I was also um, going to pick your brain. So t- um, why don't you talk a little bit about um, the college you went to and um, oh, yes. how we met. And <laughs> then kind of I think we should divulge into specifically uh, superhero comparisons between religion and comic books because um, superheroes follow a very – like, I think a much more linear storytelling structure sure. comparatively. Um, and then we can kind of just, me and Lauren can just talk about, like, back in the day, in the pony fandom days. Ah, uh, yes. Mark, like, you know. So <laughs> I guess we could be like, we had the horse god Celestia and we all, we all sacrificed to her our fan art. And, you know, that's, exactly. that's, that's what it's about. As well uh, as th- kind of... Then you had your prophets, explaining. you had your prophets like, you know, like Lauren Faust, you know, who then got replaced <laughs> by other other prophets. You know, it's it's, it's a wonderful thing. Um. Um, OK, yeah. So that and then maybe talk about like we will get into the like the big differences, I think, besides the obvious, like people think religion is real and people think fiction is not real for the most part. Wait, so, fiction isn't real? Um Fiction isn't real. Oh, I'm sorry. Anime is real. <laughs> Anime is my waifu is real if I believe hard enough. Hey, um, you know, let's give our hearty congratulations to that Japanese businessman who actually married his hologram. <laughs> uh, what a time! It's to real. Be alive. Look it up. Yes. <laughs> anyway, yes. Yeah, so, yes, you asked me to to say things, so I will say things. Um, say the things. Yes. So, anyway, yeah. So, um, Rachel and I met. Uh, so, I was. Um, going to college, I went to college at the King's College in uh, the financial district of Manhattan, not to be confused with the King's College referred to in Hamilton, uh, which eventually was called King's College back when he lived, but then was renamed Columbia. But uh, now the the King's College talking about a different king because it's specifically a, a classical Christian liberal arts college. Um, and uh, it's, it's really like for super... If, all of the people that you like grew up in school with who are like overachievers who would get AP credit scores and, you know, captain of the drama club and debate club and, you know, philosophy majors, like they would all go there. Um, and so it was like really, really uh, egocentric nerds like myself. Um, 
would uh, all go there and and then discover that because they weren't the smartest person in the room every anymore uh, and um, gain a lot of humility. Uh, and uh, unless, of course, you were the top of the school and then you never learned humility and we all hated you. Um, but uh, then, yes, um, Rachel was a friends with another good friend of mine there, uh, Serenity Richardson. And uh, so... Um, uh, Rachel uh, came up like for a week. You came up for a weekend or something. Uh, and- yeah, it was for um, when I. I think this this was probably when I was a freshman in college. But there was a um, we had a program where you know all the art club kids went to Manhattan essentially and went to all the the art like MoMA like what I don't know whatever the the freaking the names right of right the, right yes no MoMA MoMA are. you know um, all of all the names of all of the museums that I totally have gone to since they were assigned in college um the but yeah so yeah we 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 got connected through her and then um we like there like there's just an evening that we would just you know after we were done with stuff we just hung out and like at a and i i took you guys all to the one restaurant that i knew like that i liked and we all just like and you and, and another friend uh were there um and uh, we all just hung out at the diner and talked about uh, philosophy and fandom and things and stuff. And it was a great time. Uh, and then, uh, Rachel, you kept in touch with me. Um, uh, for uh, And like, then you became my therapist. Yes, yes, I became your therapist <laughs> with all of your guy troubles um, and all of your, you know, all of your things. Uh, and yeah you know okay i will i will i will just say that of all the people joe is okay not only did i know joe when i like had like maybe a hundred subscribers and i was like look at me i have a hundred subscribers i'm so (laughs) important like you know but like of all the like all the ups and downs of all this like john delancey getting senpai to notice me like Uh, i've always been telling joe and i'm just like Man, he's okay with noticing me, but why can't he notice me harder? I just want to go to his house and play with this goddamn dog, goddammit. So um, that whole thing has been... Um, We've been rewarding, through Rewarding, but also frustrating, I yes. guess, if that's if that's the best way to put it. Oh, sure, like, yeah. Um, you know. Oh, yeah. Is that how you you've describe been, it, Yeah, you've, you've been, like, I mean... You know, it's like ever since we know each other, you know, you've been trying to push at this door to get it to open and, you know, and 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 like inch by inch it's like for every like, you know, uh, Herculean effort push you would make, you would get like a little bit like a tiny grain in response. But you just kept going. Um, I probably don't know anybody with as much um, probably unhealthy persistence as you. Thank you. In, in, in all areas of life or at least most areas of life. Um, and I got to be, I got the privilege of being there, uh, to, you know, to like, for you to rant to and be like, why, why Joseph, why? And I'd be like, and then that was, that was enough. (laughs) I'm like, you know, like, I, you know, I was like, I don't. And then Joe would be like, this is what Jesus wants. I'm like, don't you know, I'm Jewish, damn it. So, you know, that was (laughs) was also Jewish and, and all the early people were, all the early followers were Jewish. So you'd be fit in, fit right in. Jesus was my homeboy. What can I say? <laughs> um, but yeah, but, no, so know. again, you know, I, I would share, I would share my perspective on things, you know, and, and she was, you know, no matter how obnoxious I got, like, you know, she, she was, would keep, you know, would, would didn't cut me off. And like, you know, so we, we, 
seem like we're very forgiving of each, each other's obnoxiousness, and that's what makes our friendship great. Um, and and to be f- and to be fair, I'm the type of person that if I need something, I will ask. And sometimes yes. my friends um, don't do that, and so I don't know. That's what so they frustrating. Need. Yes. And so, but I, so like, I don't think, I don't think Joe, I don't think the, sh- the shoe's ever on the other foot as far as you saying, hey, Rachel, I need to talk to you. Like this girl dumped me or something. And I'm just like, okay, Joe, I'll, I'll this listen is, to your problems. This I don't tr- think that's ever happened. This is true. And you, you, you called me out on this because like there was a period where I, I just stopped talking to you and, and, and not responding. And you were like, what the heck, Joe? And finally I was like, hey, I just went through this like bad thing, you know, with, you know, with, with. A breakup and I felt embarrassed by how I handled it and so I didn't want to tell you about it and so I didn't want to talk to you because I know you would say hey Joe what the heck you know that's not how you should do it and then she was like Joe you can always talk to me you know that and so I was like yes you're right I'm sorry and so Rachel is always right yeah so um, 70% had- of the time 70% of the time <laughs> I'm oh, no, I guess I'll take that but yeah so like yeah, this this week hasn't been hard. Um, has been particularly hard with me and my stupid flashbacks and stuff like that. So you know, I sometimes I don't feel like I'm right the majority of the time. But like, if you're wrong, goddamn it, I'm gonna tell you. Yeah, as you should, as you should. <laughs> Accountability isn't very important. Boys are stupid. That's the end of the podcast. Okay. Um, so yeah, um, let's talk about how um, religion. Um, influenced your perception of fiction. Let's why don't we why don't we delve into that since you were you know brought up into a highly religious um, environment. And Lauren, I assume you're Christian. Like what's yes. your what's yes, your, I am. your belief level? Yeah. No, I mean I'm very committed. You know, right now it's been hard to go to church because you're not allowed because you know I don't know if you've heard about the coronavirus outbreak. Um, but uh, <laughs> before then, you know, until that un, it's you know regular church member, um, you know crazy extremist christian i believe you know at least 90 percent of the stuff in the bible is like actually true you know so (laughs) um so uh the um uh yeah so well it was interesting because what was interesting to me about growing up is that you know my parents um they they had the stuff that's like okay here's what we believe is true about the world here's our religious beliefs here's you know what we believe about the bible is true and then there was the fiction that's here's the stories that we you know enjoy that are that are fiction, but they talk about you know real truths in a, in a in a fictional way, and so one of the ways that that was really interesting and fun and helpful for me was that I never thought that my fictional world was cooler than the real world. Um, you know the the you know I actually live in a universe that is you know, a cosmic struggle of good versus evil of, of, you know, that's, that's as epic as any fantasy, you know, of Lord of the Rings or, or Narnia or Harry Potter. And so I never felt like with my fiction, like when I was reading Superman or, you know, or Spider-Man, I never felt like they were telling me something fake about the universe. I felt like they were telling me something real, even though they were using fiction to talk about it. He's like, no, we do actually live in a universe where there's good and evil, where, you know, there's right and wrong and where, um, and where, you know, this kind of greatness and, uh, is, is, a, a actual reflection of reality. Uh, uh, you, you are as glorified as a, um, as a Superman, you know, C.S. Lewis would often talk about how, um, you, 
we there are no ordinary people there's no such thing as a mere mortal we are all in a sense you know glorified beings who we could see if we could see that we would be tempted to fall down and worship so anyway my relationship with my mythos and my and the my fiction and my my religion was that my fiction is representing something real and beautiful and the world is as beautiful as the uh, superhero shows say claim it is um so that was that was a lot of how it influenced me growing up and then uh as i you know got older and i got into sort of you know um philosophy and and sort of you know theology i i had more and more complex ways of working it out but i would never ask from my i never and one of the things that's different from me than a lot of people who are sort of you know um really getting i feel like getting into toxic behavior online uh regarding their their fandoms is I never was looking to Luke Skywalker to be a substitute Jesus, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, although I, I, although I didn't like how they did the, the, you know, the, 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 the Star Wars movies, you know, I didn't think that they did Luke Skywalker any favors or their portrayal was good or, or fitting with the mythos. It's still at the end of the day, they're doing a bad job at something fictional. They're doing a bad job at, at that. They're not taking away the thing that I rely upon as my anchor to uh, go forward in life. Um, and to mm-hmm. and and so it allowed me to have a much more healthy relationship with my fiction, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but some people do. Um, that's a good analogy, but I think some people do relate to fiction because I think I mean, I think it's fair to say that sometimes religion can be polarizing. Catholic Church. What? What? <laughs> you know, so. Taking it to the extreme, impossible. Oh, what? no. All the, all, haven't you seen Spotlight, guys, man? Oh, no. Yeah. Um, Spotlight, special... the, the movie they came, the, the movie that Hollywood made about sexual abuse like three years before the Me Too movement. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, Hollywood. So, um, you know, I think. My, my my general interpretation about religion versus fandom is I think that um, people look to fandom because there's something that initially draws them to it, kind of like religion. But I think the fundamental problem is that if people have a negative resp- religious, bleh, they have a negative experience growing up um, in a religious home, and you know there's someone they don't like is super religious, it might. Um, turn them off from it and um mm. you know then they then they get but then they're re-inspired by something fictional and then they get i'd say around as passionate even like still knowing it's it's fiction but around as passionate as they would for you know religion like instead of crosses they're wearing discord shirts and my little pony shirts and um what have you and i think that is the biggest um conception but i i also think that people um people should have a self-awareness as far as how religion and or fandom is influencing how they view the world and sometimes like like joe likes c.s lewis and i personally don't because i think lewis was way too influenced by his christianity and it bled into his writing and for someone who you know is it particularly religious and secular, secular Jew and that kind of thing? Um, it's hard for me to not have a dismissive like, okay, well, I get it, Aslan is Jesus, blah, 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 blah. but you know, like as as a non Christian person, you know, who doesn't particularly believe in that story or whatever, you know, it's just 
like it doesn't feel authentic and original because he's he's pulling I think too heavily from something something he knows his own philosophy about life and you know and I think I think those two things should be separate as far as you know like if you want to write some Jesus fan fiction go ahead but like <laughs> don't turn him into a line <laughs> you know um you it know. also goes into stuff like um just the when they try to use the whole like Superman is Jesus symbolism like it's like that kind of stuff too like don't don't mix them so much on to the to the point where you're trying to put, replace one with the other when they should be two separate things you pull from the morals and pull from the maybe some of the characteristics but don't make it like just copy paste but change it a little so it's not copying my homework directly <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah no i think i think all those are are i i agree with 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 pretty much all those things i think that you know um uh the you know i never liked superman as jesus um mostly because i already had jesus i didn't need a, mm -hmm. another jesus um i i saw <laughs> superman as to me like the ultimate christian you know he's he's a mm -hmm. some he's somebody who you know he grew up in the midwest you know he's he's you know by two methodist farmers you know and so he and he has some parallels to sort of sort of life of Jesus as as we're all as all Christians are supposed to to a certain degree parallel life of Jesus and and the way you know being someone who has power um, and then uses it in a humble way. Um, but um, you know, and I uh, I I would say I'll push back a little bit about your thing about C.S. Lewis because I think sure. that you know the I think to a certain degree you know his his whole thing was. Not like let's rip it out of like rip it uh, copying uh, Christianity. It's like let's say let's suppose that the Christian worldview is true, and let's suppose that God is real and and he and the biblical God is real. What if he did the same thing somewhere else? What would that look like? Um, mm -hmm. And so that's sort of a premise of, and we all take premises of what we think the world is like, and say you know uh, Star Trek. You know I have so like there's certain things about Star Trek which. I will never resonate as deeply with Star Trek because Star Trek is based on the idea that human beings through reason uh, and, and human progress are actually perfectible. Um, and that you can eventually have a one world government with where people don't, you know, people don't buy and trade and sell with capital with, you know, with, with money and stuff like that. And that's idiotic in my view. Um, that kind of mm. utopian view of the future is I think stupid um, and, and flies in the face of all, uh, historical data of what human beings are like um, on the other hand. So, so certainly like with worldviews, it can be a barrier, but just because he based his, you know, his, uh, his fictional world on his ideology um, doesn't make it bad fiction. Uh, it does create a barrier no. with me, but it's still really good fiction. But to your point on um, like why many people don't like replace religion with fandom I 100% agree. In fact, I will go further and I will say the rise in fandom culture that we see today, like starting sort of in the, as the observable phenomenon in its present form, uh, starting in the 20th century, I think is you can, you can put it a direct link between that and the fall of religious belief because people have the need to worship and to build their identities around the mythology that they worship. And because they are no mm -hmm. longer religious, they are, and they don't believe there is such a thing as worthy of their worship. Like their worship, their capa people's capacity to worship is bigger than uh, anything that actually exists in the world, which is why all the highest grossing movies are about superheroes or alien planets or, you know, 
or stuff like that that's impossible because our need for worship is bigger than anything real. And so if, if anything real that's not God or transcendent, so if we kill God, then we have to replace him with something fictional to, um, to, um, uh, to be worthy and uh, support the weight of our worship. Mm. Yeah, it just makes me think of, yeah, because, uh, you know, given our wide diversity of entertainment and all the different fandoms and all the people that, you know, love their particular shows or their particular, uh, you know, uh, characters for all different reasons. Um, it's, it's why I give a lot of credit to shows that really do try to like instill good morals. Like, cause no matter what you believe, whether you're religious or not, as long as there is the foundation of good morality and that's something that's universal is like you know to love one another like you know care for others as you would care for yourself you know treat others as you would like to be treated you know that kind of stuff we're down to the nitty-gritty where it's something that is universal and so when you think about like those kinds of stories that are shared um that's why it's like so many people are turned off by by the aspect of of religion and it's unfortunately i feel it's because of you know the extremists that go the wrong way about it um because like in the end it's like why do we have religion it's because yeah people want to believe in something good and 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 something more powerful than than themselves and something that is just all all knowing all creator all powerful and all loving and um and that is something that is found in pretty much every religion around the world. There is a foundation of that. That's why they gravitate towards it. So for everyone that isn't, um, or even is looking for further answers to their world and what and what they want to believe as their core beliefs, that's why we have. I, I give so much credit to shows and and movies that really do try to ground in those elements that are in religion. That it's like almost like they say it's almost like I guess saying like going to church without going to church. Right. Oh, absolutely. As long as you have. Yeah. So it's like it's that way you still have those morals that are there in religion and you don't have to it's like you don't have to be in the church to get these lessons and to learn these morals and to and to it's basically like new parables. That's how I see it is the new age of parables and the new age of of fables, all these things that are meant to teach you good things. So that's what I think is really uh, amazing about how stories have adapted and changes because it's we the the medium has had to change as the world has had to change in order to understand uh, all of these all of these tra- traditional morals that still are you know that still are prevalent to this day. It's just yeah. finding new ways to say them. Yeah. No. Well said. Um, and I think you know as far as the rise of atheism and more secular people in general, I think um. You know, as the world is moder- modern modernizing, yeah, that's that word. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think the struggle to, f- to you know to find God is you know whether you believe it or not is is real because you know I always like personally think of like the Holocaust and you know not to be a downer on the animation podcast where we bring up the Holocaust, but you coronavirus know, it's, it's, Holocaust yeah. we're, genocide we're in the coronavirus. <laughs> I think anything's game here. <laughs> um, you know, I think it's just you know like it's hard to you know have that leap of faith, you know, have that you know understanding of the world when all this like you know the holocaust in general but like all this horrible crap happens and you're just like well sure god spared you but 
you know, what if he didn't spare someone else? Like, you know, what if you were, what, how does it feel like to be, you know, forgotten by God? And I think the, um, I'm, I'm blanking on the, the author, but the, the short novel Night, um, which is about a Holocaust mm-hmm. survivor's kind of grippling with God and like how, how, you know, the Holocaust could happen, you know, and this goes for any like rare, like big, drastic, many people are dying like even the coronavirus, even you know the plagues, you know the not the biblical plagues, like the black plague, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, All you the know, plague and things. you know, and then but then we get into deeper conversations of like what it means to be human, and like do we have do we do we come out of the womb with all these predestined morals, or people um, naturally bad or naturally good? Um, I'm just having flashbacks of high school and reading Lord of the Flies, which I didn't like, by the way, but, you know, those kind of questions. And um, I'm writing a new script that I'm trying to work really hard, and that's kind of the, the like, issues we bring up, like, morality-wise. Ooh, and that's people exciting. Seem, yeah, people seem less, I mean, you know, like, historically, people have been turning to Christendom and turning into religion, turning to religions in general because... A, you know, that's what's around them, and B, they, um, they're afraid. They're afraid they're going to go to hell if they don't believe in Jesus or they don't, they don't accept this stuff. And like, no one wants to be in hell. It, from from what I hear, it sucks down there. Uh, I haven't you know, heard good I, reviews. Yeah. The Yelp reviews yeah. are really bad. <laughs> Yelp rules, yeah. But like at this, like my personal philosophy with it is, um, you know, I relate to fandom like religion like you know if like it takes one spark for me to get passionate about something and that's what happened with Kim Possible that's what happened with My Little Pony and then you know Mm. it becomes my life and you know in an alternate reality there is a super religious Rachel out there who you know believes like God and believes in all that stuff and you know I'm kind of I'm, I'm kind of agnostic by nature but I think in general people are dis- are rediscovering that you don't have to be particularly religious because you know Jesus was all about like being good to your fellow man and all that stuff um mm-hmm. to have a good set of morals and then what then what influences human or general general humans is always the the bad apple with brunch but what influences humans to be um you know good or bad and i think you know i think a lot of times fiction kind of solves that problem because even you know the whole point of superheroes specifically but like any fiction is the characters relatable they have faults and you can learn from that and like when you relate to the character and you see what they go through it's like okay well you know this is you know this is a character from a fictional thing but he's I'm relating to his struggle and I'll shut up in a second. But like one of my um one of my one of my go-to examples of that is is um Simba and Simba's my boy. And I mm-hmm. um I think I said this on, on another time, but like, you know, it's Simba probably has PTSD. I can't imagine like you know, Yeah, probably. Whatever. Probably. What do you mean you know? probably? <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. So Simba has some 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 pretty bad PTSD, but he's still like, you know, comes back and faces his past and then he's the king and you know i had a really bad experience dealing with my ptsd when i first got it and but like i came back and you know you have to separate 
what's your fault and what's not your fault and you know like Simba had to kind of come to the come to terms with the al- the reality words are hard um that you know even if he did kill his father he didn't mean to kill his father and you know it was it was an accident and you know mm-hmm. you know and and now I'm basically trying not that I think I'm royalty or anything like that but i'm just trying I mean, to come back you do think you're royalty game. let's be honest everyone <laughs> shut up, shut, shut up Joe. um but part of me um but yeah coming back um with the last two years of pony and then coming trying to you know rebrand brand the ch- not rebrand re- rebrand might be a strong word but trying to um widen the scope of the channel to be that um that inspiration to people i guess like being the person that is there representing people that are like oh man i really love um i had a girl one time when i, I think it was at one of the equestrian LA's, but i had a girl one time who was just like oh my gosh like just dis- your love for discord is like my love for c3po and i'm obsessed with c3po and i'm like and it's you know seeing your stuff and seeing how much you talk about discord makes me feel like you know, there's someone out there kind of fighting the cause and, you know, understanding that there's this this section of fandom or stuff that just, like, you know, gets so just engulfed with it, but not in a healthy way. Not, 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 not in a, I mean, in a healthy way is the fact that, like, I tried to be, like, it gave me, it gives me, like, 120 battery power. I guess that's a bad analogy, but, you know, it, it, I tried to use like my my passion positively to you know write all this these scripts make this this channel you know mm-hmm. and and now and now we have this 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 great platform and the the majority of the the majority of friends that I've made are is through like the ponies and the YouTube probably with the exception of you Joe um like <laughs> I and some of my high school friends that I still keep in contact with um you know, uh, but but yeah, I don't. I'm kind of rant- rambling at this point. Um, do anyone else want to jump in and kind of talk about that? Oh yeah, I was gonna say the um, yeah the I the reason a huge reason why so many people gravitate towards like fictional characters if they're really well written and sometimes it's like why some people even look at villains in the story and see them as as sometimes not as better characters in the sense that they are morally correct, but you see them and you understand them because sometimes they're written to be more flawed and more human than the heroes. And that's why it's like, it's not that you, it's not that you agree with their choices. It's just, you understand where they're coming from. And so it's like finding that root of humanity of that realness, the rawness of, of a story like that. And, and, and it's finding that, little bit that you kind of relate to in yourself you know so that's why that's why when you have stories like even of in greek mythology even if you had demigods and stuff like that that had all these heroic feats and were capable of like superhuman strength and stuff like that uh you at the end of the day the gods and the demigods and everybody was flawed and i think that's why it was what's so fascinating about you know, Greek mythology and about their stories and their heroes is that they actually truly had like those, uh, you know, those characters where everybody was messed up. Even Zeus was messed up. And we all know that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So uh, it's the stories have gone to show. Um, But I think that's why it's like, uh, especially when you look at, you know, modern day storytelling and 
we almost turn our noses up at the quote perfect character because because we can't relate to them we literally just go why why are you making me feel for somebody where you have not given me anything to feel for and so it, this i mean they could be ideal and all that stuff and it's like okay that's what i have it's almost like the uh, uh i like to use the analogy of uh we all want to be ferris bueller but we're all cameron fry sure yeah <laughs> is that you know he that ferris is the epitome of he's the kid that gets away with everything. Everybody loves him. Everybody adores him. He is literally like a, it's almost like he, he has, you know, the principal says he has Ferris Bueller disciples running around the school emulating him. And then you have Cameron who can't get away with anything, who is always sick and lives in a household that's sterile and cold and unloving. And so it's like, and Ferris has the girlfriend and, and Ferris's parents that both adore him. So yeah, it's, it's kind of like, you know, you find more in a character like Cameron. That's why it, a lot more people sympathize with him because it's like as much as we all want to be Ferris and we love Ferris, it's like you see how much he wants to be that kind of person, but it feels like he can't until he finally kind of just breaks that mold at the end. Um, and that's why we look at these uh, so many. I feel like we look at these fictional characters that have the flaws and we try to find the flaws because we're trying to find the humanity and the something that we can relate to. And that's why so many, uh, you know, even if people complain about the dark brooding superhero movies and stuff like that, it's because, I mean, yeah, it feels sometimes forced, but if it's done right, it feels like you're trying, they're trying to get to the humanity of a character. And that's why, you know, because otherwise you wouldn't be listening to the story if they were perfect. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, it's it's why I mean, uh, you know, the Marvel movies are notoriously like lighthearted, even to my frustration sometimes. Um, mm. But the the easily the best character, certainly my favorite and the most popular, is Iron Man, and it's because mm -hmm. he is a very complicated individual who, unlike Captain America, doesn't actually want to do the right thing, but he does the right thing anyway because he believes it is the right thing to do. Um, and so when he does something really heroic, we feel, you know, more inspired by it because it's like, oh, yeah, because I'm a complicated person. That means I can be act heroically, too. Um, I think that that's, you know, I think you're all make ex incredibly excellent points. The, um, you know, I want to go back to, you know, sort of something that Rachel said, which is that, you know, a lot of times, I mean, like, there's a reason that we have decided, you know, as a society, for the most part, um, we're not we're going to be less religious, you know. And, it, you know, it's not like people did it for no reason. You know, uh, it's, you know, we we had the Black Plague in an era where everybody had great deal of belief. And, you know, it's like God didn't protect, you know, many people felt like they didn't protect them from the Black Plague. And then religious wars, you know, constant religious wars over centuries that, um, you know, that, and then it's like, OK, you know, we can't be saved you know, by religion then. And so it's like, OK, we're going to turn to politics. Politics will save us. We'll remake the political order. You know, um, so we had, you know, all of these new democracies pop up. And, then, and of course, then, you know, we had just had political wars, you know, it's like, you know, World War One devastated, a, you know, a, uh, a generation. And, and then then it's like, OK, you know, if this won't save us, what will save us? And now I mean, like, you know, uh, you know, now it's like maybe maybe political activism will save us, you know, um, but it's like, OK, we we don't you know, we we can't depend upon our gods you know, and, and God to save us. So, um, so maybe we'll, we'll have to get it from fiction, this, this need from fiction. Um, th it is interesting. I do find it interesting that the places that are most likely to be religious are the most likely to 
have constant real suffering. You know, the, mm. the places that are least likely to be religious are the places where people hardly ever suffer. Um, uh, you know, uh, the West, you know, basically, you know, uh, atheism is a, is a white person's game. It's a first world issue. Um, you know, and, and oftentimes it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, first world people who, who, you know, most of their life have never dealt with the stuff that most of the world would deals with, with the, all of the, the rampant poverty and child, uh, mortality, um, and real horrific political oppression. Those people are more likely to be religious. And I find that very interesting and I don't have answers for it, but it is a very interesting, uh, component to this. But what we've had is, is a long time of really being disappointed in our religious leaders. Um, so it's like, okay, can we really trust them? Um, mm -hmm. And that's, I think, a really fascinating uh, aspect of this. And, and it's an amazing, wonderful thing that what we have figured out to do with that is we have still maintained sort of the, the moral ideas through fiction, even if we haven't. Because if we, then our society would be even worse if we got rid of the religion and then we got rid of the morals along with it. The thing is that, you know, it's, it's, it is, let me say this, it is better for Rachel to exist than it is for Kim Possible to exist. Um, because uh, Rachel is a real person who can really help somebody. Um, and if she's inspired mm. by the morals of Kim Possible, she can actually really inspire somebody and, and not just inspire somebody, but actually help people who are need to and show people that um the fictional world is the, the morals of fiction world is real because the reason fiction works is because it's based on reality it's based on real people's experiences and the reason that a lot of our our fiction today resembles and is so close to sort of these 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 moral ideas that we sort of that are that are with christianity is partly because these moral rules are universal but it's also because you know uh christianity has shaped the west so much um you know, the, the, you talk about the gods of the Greek gods and, and, you know, they were not just flawed. We oftentimes sort of whitewash them today. They were horrible people. Like they, they, they're not driven by higher morals uh, for the most part. They're mostly driven by, and if they are driven by higher morals, they're higher morals that we wouldn't really recognize today as the most important morals. They typically were not driven. They were driven by duty, but not compassion or mercy. Um, and so, you know, it's interesting to watch the Disney movie Hercules because basically the Dis mm. Disney movie Hercules is a is a post-Christian hero, uh, you know, uh, heroic Hercules. Um, and the reason that people figured out these morals, figured out compassion, uh, the people to first introduce compassion as a virtue into the world were um, the Christians and the Mahayana Buddhists. I believe I'm saying that right. Um, about the same time, compassion became a virtue. Um, and, and, uh, before that, most religions and most belief systems didn't have compassion as a virtue, the idea that we need to suffer with other people. And because, mm -hmm. you know, um, those, those Mahayana Buddhists and Christians actually demonstrated the kind of compassion where like, you know, when, when a plague hit Rome, um, basically part of the reason that Christianity took over Rome was because, uh, Rome had a plague and all of the rich people left and all the only people left were the people who were sick and dying and the Christians who stayed there to take care of them. And so basically once the plague lifted, the only people there who were left were either Christians or people who were saved by Christians. And that inspired mm. them to create fiction that reflected that and create mythological ideas and heroes that reflected that because they'd actually experienced it from real people.
Um, and so, so I, you know, I think, you know, one thing is, the thing is right now we're maintaining all of that through our fiction. Um, but it doesn't originate through fiction. It originates through real people. And so I think one of the things that we should, you know, as a Christian, I say, you know, is like, what a wonderful thing. We have a real God who actually did behave in that heroic way for us by becoming human and, and humbling himself and showing compassion for us. Um, but as anybody, we should say, um, wow, look at the, re the heroes who are real, um, who are the doctors and, you know, who now who are, who are and, and the, you know, essential workers, the, the truck drivers who are getting us all the food, who are being mm -hmm. heroes that are saving us, who are inspired by, by a real God or by an unreal uh, but amazing Superman or by their mother or father who are uh, uh, to, to be heroes for us when we need it so that they can inspire us to make fiction that celebrates them. Mm-hmm. I agree. Because, yeah, at the end of the day, that's what we want. It's, 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 it's kind of the saying, the, be the change you want to see in the world. Mm, and yeah. a lot of that is, comes from what you see yourself, what you, you emulate, what you see, and who you're with, and, yeah. and what you hear, and what you, yeah, what you read, what you watch, and whatever inspires you to do something so amazingly incredible. If that is, if, as if it comes from goodwill and it comes from your heart and it comes from a good place to care for others, to be empathetic and, and to have compassion that it it's, yeah, it, anybody can be a hero in that respect. And, and that's how it should be is that, yeah, emulating, you know, even if, whether they're real or not, you can be a real hero if you embody the the aspects of what it takes to be a hero it doesn't mean strength it means it's kind of like, i'm gonna pull from the hercules movie uh, I knew it. do it do it yeah. <laughs> a hero a true hero is not measured by the size of his strength but by the strength of his heart and <sighs> i think it's just such a good line and you yeah. know it's hercules is one of my all-time favorite disney movies and just one of my favorite movies in general um, it's a good choice. But it's just like it was such a good message to end on because, yeah, you see his whole struggle with Hercules, you know, finally reaching this point of being one of the gods. And then he but it's because he had to come to learn, you know, it was not out of his physical feats. He became a hero. It was not out of his glorification among the, the mortals. It was not out of even defeating Hades it was literally out of because he saved Meg and because he acted out of his heart and not because he like pummeled people or monsters to a pulp <laughs> it was it was because he did everything with a good heart and so uh and I think that's I think that's something to always take away is that yeah you emulate what you see and you em and you emulate what you believe is good in your heart so, and I know that sounds really mushy, <laughs> Preach. but it, it's, but it's true. I mean, you try to look for the good in everything, right? So it's like, yeah. And then a lot of that is as long as you have those good morals to, to, to stick to, that's, that's, yeah, it's, that's how you can be a real hero is if you basically, I'm, I'm rambling, but <laughs> it's basically. It's a good ramble yeah, though. If, yeah. If, yeah. But it's yeah, it's it's if you see those good things and it's let's or see other people doing good things, whether they're fictional characters or they're real people in your life, 
yeah, do what you see and repeat what you see and do it with a good heart. Uh, amen. Yeah, and if, oh, oh, Joe, you want to go first? No, no, I just said amen. You know, oh, I'm, oh, I'm, feel, I'm okay. feeling the spirit move in this place. So. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> but I, and I'll just, I'll just add a thought before we can go back to Joe, I guess. So Joe, think of a, like, think about what you want to say next, I guess. But um, <laughs> I think um, it's also, I think in general that people don't necessarily need the morals of religion as much as they did back in the day um, because of the promise of education, but um, because they are sometimes on the receiving end of someone's compassion and they do it because they, you know, they like understand morally that it's right. And like, I have a very, and that's kind of what I'm guided with. And um, it's frustrating when, people kind of do things um, without thinking about the morality of it. And then, oh, yeah. mm -hmm. so like one of the things that upset me like um, this, this weekend is I had um, a falling out with one of my friends and she told me she basically kind of spat everything. I tried to not be back at me and it made me upset and it, made, and it you know, it triggered me and it's, it's not, it's it's not fun, but um, I th I also think um, I'm also rambling too. But I also think people just have a genuine like for the most part, um, unless they're just too sheltered to know any better, that people um, have a genuine more more of a genuine understanding of what is right and what is wrong, and they don't need religion as much to kind of guide them. Um, I think you know and in like a black and white example as far as what you know what they can do and you know i just uh, i don't know it's just it's i guess it's it's just hard because um you know i've like i like i guess the best way to describe it is i've seen the best and worst of humanity um and you know i don't know if religion or fa how much like religion or fandom has played a part in that but i just People are complicated, I guess, but I, I like to think that people have a general understanding of morality and doing the right thing despite it not being best for you, besides, or despite it not being easy for you. Um, the, the, the nice line from Harry Potter is, like, some people have to choose between what is right and what is easy to do, and, you know, I... And I think, you know, if people are turned off by re religion, then fandom is kind of the, the, the safety net, as it were, if, you know, they so feel, um, if they can relate to that. And, you know, as the box office numbers from superheroes, movies, yeah. from superhero movie shows that, um, yeah, most people can relate to some superheroes. And, you know, they, they are there and they, like, you know, they have to wear shirts because they want to, you know, tell yeah. the world that, yep. you know, you know, Iron Man inspired me or Discord from My Little Pony, like, made me understand my humanity a little better and, you know, how, how, how I'm able to relate with other things. And the other thing I'll say, um, I guess I'll kind of phrase it back as a question to Joe is, um, give me a second, I lost my train of thought. Um, I relate to that. <laughs> <laughs> um 
Yeah, I, I lost it. Uh, no, no <laughs> worries. No, no you, you what was, just, the, what was the last thing I said? You were talking about people going to, you know, movies wearing their t-shirts of, of people that, you know, inspire them or they relate to, you know, uh, uh, which again, like, yes, it's that phenomenon of, of like the Comic-Con or the Trekkie con of like people actually wearing like the, the colors of the, and the, the costumes of people, you know. Um, right. And it's the same thing akin to, um, it's a, it's the same thing akin to like a Christian wearing, you know, a, a, a um, a cross or like a shirt that's, that has Jesus on it. They or a sports they, team, you know, so or people going to sports games and wearing the colors of the you know, right, right. Team. It's because yeah. it it gets to the level where people are like for people who for for those who don't really understand fandom culture in general, it gets to the point where people feel comfort and self expression by defining themselves based on what they like, what they believe in. So, um, you know, and it's personally helped my self-confidence is you know over the last year i've been i i'm i'm a, a frugal person i'm a cheap person like everyone you know knows it cheapskate um cheap miser yeah, i know i'm not helping the stereotypes but um <laughs> oh gosh i didn't even think of that <laughs> yeah joe thanks thank oh man <laughs> all right <laughs> well uh go on <laughs> anyway um but I've tried um, because I have a higher level of dispendable income these days. Is I try to buy, you know, like shirts on eBay with like Ariel on it and you know Lion King characters on it. Is because not only does it help me feel like you know self, you know, self love and all that self esteem kind of thing, but it also um, is an outward expression of just what I like, who I am. Is like. You know, if I'm if I'm showing up with the pony shirt, if I'm showing up with the with with Ariel on my shirt, it's saying, you know, I love animation or I love Ariel or I can relate to this character. Um, and people feel comfort in the fact that they're able to express that. So it's also kind of like a calling card for, um, you know, communities to find their people, I guess, <laughs> because if you think about it, it's like it, anything you wear, anything you take out, it's like that can be a conversation starter. It, it'll pique somebody's interest, like either they don't know about it and they ask you about it um, or they go, hey, I know about that and I love that too, you know? So it's like, uh, and sometimes that's where I'm like, I remember backfiring once when there was a, I, I used to, well, I mean, I used to, I remember years ago, I worked at a, as like a counselor at a, like an all-girl sports camp. And there was one little girl, so it was like for girls ages like six to 12. And one girl, she was like probably like eight and she was wearing a Beatles shirt. Now, given my screen name, of course, I'm going to be a little bit, you know, uh, obsessed with the Beatles. Um, and I but I got really excited, like, oh, because I get all hopeful for younger gen generations that right. you know, <laughs> can get reared on Beatles. I mean, you'd be surprised at how many don't. So. Um, so I was just like, oh, you like the Beatles? And so I asked him, like, uh, you know, I started asking her, do you have, do you like uh, their music? What's your favorite song? And she was just like, oh, this is just a hand me down for my sister. I don't, I don't know. Who oh. I'm like, I like my, I felt so bruised. You see, that's <laughs> I how just, I like, backed away. I'm like, ooh. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to like start up something and have you. Yeah. Not and so it's like, so it's just like I'm just gonna awkwardly back away now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, that's I how I feel about. Just should have asked. <laughs> yeah, that's how I feel about uh, about uh, 
um fake christians who are like like oh yeah, you're wearing, you're wearing the cross but you don't actually care about any of it great <laughs> right so fake fan fake fan fake fan, <laughs> fake fan. yes take off your beautiful shirt now <laughs> you don't get to Poser. wear that <laughs> but yeah it's 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 but yeah it's kind of like a community building thing when you can find people that unite through that and uh yeah it's it's just yeah it's again a calling card so it yeah just be wise about what you wear sometimes people (laughs) somebody will probably try to start a conversation about it and if you don't know anything about it best to at least read uh (laughs) <laughs> yeah. notes on it. Wikipedia. Wait, do do the yep. Wikipedia page at least. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> now, one one thing I was interesting about is so we talk a lot about how you know we we are personally inspired and how in theory people can be inspired sort of by their um by their by what they do and by what their by their you know their their uh, fandoms and I'm so I'm wondering so like what are some examples um of ways that you have sort of that way your fandom has made you think about being a better person and actually act on it um in a in a concrete way with 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 other people well um do you want to go first lauren or you want me to go first you can go first okay um so my 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 not to bring up all my trauma again because that that will just it just <laughs> i just can't stop talking about yeah. it so. <laughs> it's great entertainment I, go ahead yeah it's it's you know it's it's kind of like the the Monica Lewinsky thing of like I got into the point where I can kind of make fun of it, but it took like what three or four years, um, and like all the time I'll I'll just rant on Twitter about it, not so much to like ooh pay attention to me ooh ooh, but it's just like showing my I feel like sh- there's strength in showing my um, my vulnerabilities vulnerabilities publicly, and um, I think it kind of helps people understand that you know. A, like, this stuff doesn't go away, like, easily, and B, you know, if they're going through something mental health-wise, um, and that's why I'm such a big advocate for mental health, because I feel like I've kind of figured it out, even though, you know, obviously it's one day at a time kind of thing, but some people don't have resources and don't know what to do, and then they just kind of slowly curl up into a little ball and, and, and want to die constantly, and that's not good. But, um... For my for my harassment situation, um, I there was a, basically for those who are unaware, there was a like there was a harassment situation a couple of years ago where um, ex team members, without telling me, make, like made a fake Twitter group and um, threatened to legally do stuff, and it was all fake, and you know it just fucked me over essentially. Um, but you know, I think. Like having higher morals than the other people by just how I was re- interacting with them made me feel like less of a shitty person by, you know, firstly understanding it wasn't my fault because, you know, these are people that are doing that they are doing it because they want attention. They don't generally care about me or improving my team or my management style, but they just want to cause a fuss and, um, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, throw me into the bus in order to do so because you know I'm pop- like I don't know popular is a word but like um, you know I'm I'm somewhat well known um, and people it will it's it's easy clicks like same reason why there's all the the bad celebrity magazines because people recognize names and faces and you know everyone wants the 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 
the dirt, quote unquote. And I think I think all that is horrible. I don't, you know, just leave just leave the slip. Like I understand the the thinking behind it, but I don't, you know, it's it's frustrating that people will do that essentially for for money and you know throwing someone's success back at them in such a negative way. But you mm-hmm. know, it kind of like I had to, you know, had I had to basically go to therapy like three or four times a week sometimes. And um it helped me understand what um you know I guess my situation in a bigger scale and it, it pisses me off when people say like, oh she uses people, she uses her team, you know. Yeah, it's true that I don't pay people, but A, I also am not getting paid. B, that is my choice. Um, B, that is my choice and up to the people that want to work with me. And don't be a dick and just assume that you know better than other people and you know how to, then, you know, and you can manage their time and you think they're just stupid for agreeing to do this and you're trying to quote-unquote help. Um, I think, you know, that's a horrible way to look at it because, you know, no one has to do anything they don't want to. Like, the whole point of the team is we can come together, we can, you know, and organize projects in a way that, um, you know, we couldn't, we couldn't do by ourselves. Like, you know, more of a, more of a whole. And, um, but yeah. It's an outlet to connect. Sorry? It's an outlet to connect, so... (laughs) Uh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you know, you like that in specifically, you know, for better or worse taught me a lot about you know, who I was and, you know, what why uh, other people's motivations for doing what they wanted to do and you know, we'll probably talk about this more later because it's it's helpful to educate the people about stuff and show vulnerability. But yeah, um, you know, I think that, you know, taught me a lot. And then even before that and after that, it was just kind of, you know, highlighting my potential as a creator because I'm a really, really bad learner. Like if, you know, it's much easier for me to manage people and learn how to manage like a, a large group co- collectively than do all these individual tasks because like I have, like I have an iPad. I haven't used it to draw in like six months. It's bad. Like it's, it's very hard for me to, <laughs> it's very hard for me to learn new things. Um, so I tried to focus on what I could do and then just outsource what I couldn't do so we could just get started. Um, things done faster and more efficient and more professionally um you know but i i think i'm i'm ranting at this i'm ranting at, at this point and kind of um off topic a little bit yeah it's a podcast it's fine it's fine um uh lauren do you have anything to add um i'm sorry can you repeat the question yeah well, it was oh, just- um joe what was the question the question was you know how has your experience in fandom and you know being part of a fandom that has you know these ideals and these morals and such um helped shape you to become a better person to help other people in a way that's that's uh you know led to actions where you actually were helping other people oh yeah um well i mean even before all the my little pony stuff i was in Beatles stuff and then I was also you know a fan of just animated shows in general and um I mean growing up in with cartoons and stuff like that it was you know 
ever since I was a little kid, all I wanted to do was work in animation. So cartoons and animation, that was all my thing. So all I took in was like animated content. And so, uh, but with, hey, right place for it, right? Um, but the, uh, but with the stories, I mean, there's a lot. I'm like, I have a particular brain when it comes to like, I can memorize movies and television and even commercials. And so it's, uh, and so a lot of stuff sticks with me. And so a lot of that, when that's retained, it's just like it, it, yeah, it funnels into what I do and how I react and stuff like that. So it's, um, so when I, when I take in, a, I can, at least at this point, I, you know, I can take in content and be like, okay, this is not the right message. And, oh, that's a good message. You know, I can differentiate and I can use good judgment to be able to tell, you know, this is a good thing to emulate this is a good character this is a, or this is even a relatable character even if I don't agree with them I see where they're coming from it's and it helps with like you know um coming to understand other people and other situations so if anything so I mean but to I guess if we want to even stick to uh like with I think it was like even with just like uh with My Little Pony specifically if we want to just get into the specific niches uh there there was it was always so fascinating to see how Gen 4 treated its characters and developed its characters and treated special storylines that we never in a million years would have thought My Little Pony would do in the in the first in the early incar incarnations. So um, so I and I remember I was originally one of the pardon the pun here naysayers um, that didn't wasn't sure what to think of the show. And I'm sure a lot of people were in the same boat. Um, saying like, I don't get why so many people are attached to the show and then they watch the show and then before they know it, they're binging. Uh, <laughs> so, and they're making their OCs and, and everything. So, you know, <laughs> um, so it was, uh, so it was, it was like, for me, it was that situation. And just like what, what drew me in first was the, yeah, the appealing character designs. And then I started hearing more and more about the stories that were being told. I'm like, I'm going to have to give this like a truly more in-depth shot and that I did and it just became something that was so you know in, enticing and so it gravitated you know I gravitated to it so seamlessly because it just seemed like this was this was a way to dramatically tell a story in a way we never thought it would be possible and so and with the way the characters are treated and this was and you know for them to be doing it before even like you know Steven Universe and Gravity Falls came around and stuff like that with characters that are so, you know, in depth and, and are explored so deeply, uh, to have that with My Little Pony, to understand a character down to like, not just their flaws, but their issues, like the, 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 you know, the childhood wounds, the inner wounds that they have that are rooted in who they are. And it's like, you aren't your wounds, but you can choose who you can be despite them, you know? despite all your flaws, despite all your, your, you know, all the, all of the, the stuff that you've gone through before in your life, you are not your, you are not your issues, you're not your problems, you're not that, you are above that, and, and seeing characters come out of, like, ruts from that, it's like, that's, in, that's inspiring to see that, and, and, um, and so to see that even relayed in candy-colored horses <laughs> is, uh, it's 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 and to see a community that's so positively inspired by that 
because, I mean, when I started actually coming to the conventions and seeing firsthand, uh, you know, there were the charity auctions and there's the fundraising and all of that being done because of this show that brought together all these people who believed in the same in the same stuff and the same kinds of morals and being able to do good things for other people and and be a positive force that's like it it was inspiring to see that coming out of like a show nobody anticipated so i guess it's almost like the underdog story you know not not knowing what you were going to get out of it and then you get way more than i guess going in with no expectations or little to none and just being like so over the top you know you know excited and passionate about the stories that are being told and the characters that are being presented and uh yeah i guess that's that's like a a huge part of you know why i'm i find the show so interesting and why it, it'll still live on even even when it goes into different incarnations this generation will be the one that goes down as you know i feel like the like the definite the definitive series for like this is what you should be doing with your storytelling this isn't just to sell toys this isn't just to be a pretty show for your kids to be distracted by no this is something that adults are getting into and getting hooked on to and being positively positively motivated by it so that's that's something that i think is that's why when you i look at shows and i try to look at the good morals and stuff like that uh and and being able to convey that in an entertaining way so that way it's like going to school or going to church and not feeling you're going to school and going to church <laughs> so um and because then you're getting something out of it and you can become a better person out of it if you be you know if you use proper judgment and you, you and you can recognize you know here's the right way to do it here's the wrong way to do it and it's like and here's how to treat others and how to address other people and how do you and how to approach certain situations and how to cope with certain things and what did you get treated? You know, it's kind of like that kind of stuff. They, and, and it's almost like PSAs in disguise. <laughs> it's like being able to uh, take that in. And, and obviously it's just like not to glorify the characters, but to glorify the good things that they promote and being able to see, be like, hey, how do I emulate that? And being able to apply that in real time. That's pretty cool. That's pretty awesome. So, um yeah. I hope that answers the question in a rambly way. <laughs> yeah, we're kind of we're kind of rambling a lot. This is kind of a theme. But um I guess the last before we wrap, I guess cuz how long have we been going? Uh About an hour, an hour and 20, 20 hour and 22. <laughs> okay, oh, so if you want to yeah, get technical. Oh lord. So um I I yeah, words. Uh Joe, I wanted to ask you specifically maybe to explain um for people who have maybe like more boomer s parents who don't really understand the overlap between fandom and religion, like maybe they're religious, but they're just like, why does my what does my son want to go to a pony convention? Um, how would you articulate the similarities so maybe like someone who might not get it can be more aware and maybe more understanding and like understand that this is really seriously important to the person if they're willing if they're wanting to travel and go to conventions and meet up with people and um you shouldn't dismiss that just because it's like it's a pony show or just something you don't understand when religion is very similar as sure absolutely as 
yeah, yeah. go ahead. So, no, yeah, I was, just, I was just saying that, you know, it is a, if, if you're a religious person, then you believe that it is a basic human need to have a community based around a common, you know, ideal, a common story and common beliefs and not just beliefs, but loves the things you enjoy together. If you're, if you're a religious person, you know that like, that's, that's something people need. And people don't just need it, though. Um, and, and, you know, people do that in religion, but they don't just need it that in their religion, in their faith. They also, you know, have the same thing um, for their countries. You know, the same thing, you know, with patriotism. People have, have an identity around their religion. They have their identity around their country. They have identities around, you know, sports teams. Like, mm -hmm. it's, they don't, just because your child is doing this for, you know, my little pony, um, doesn't mean that it contradicts that they can't also do it with their faith. It's it's mm -hmm. a it's another community around a different sort of set of commonalities that they have with other people that helps build community and helps build um, you know love for other people and love for the ideals, the beliefs, and the morals and the values um, and the stories that uh, can connect us. And of course, if the thing they're building their identity around is bad morals and stuff like that. That's a whole other thing entirely. You know, uh, if they start mm -hmm. ending up going yeah. to a Richard Spencer conference, then that's a whole other thing. But the, <laughs> but the idea that, you know, we, you know, it's, it's no different. Um, the instinct to say, I want to build, you know, my identity around uh, the ideals of my little pony uh, than it is around, you know, religion. The only difference would may, might be that, you know, the beliefs uh, in Christianity might be true, uh, if you believe that, um, which I do, um, versus My Little Pony, but that's, that same need um, is there, and it, if, if it's a good values, it should be encouraged, because like I said, it doesn't contradict, just like, you know, you know, having, being proud of your sports team, uh, and wanting to be, you know, uh, uh, doesn't contradict being, um, uh, you're, you're being a Christian, uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's a same positive instinct that can, that's wonderful to be encouraged. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess, you know, um, I guess we'll end on, on Spider-Man quotes. So I like how I, <laughs> how I describe, um, you know, igniting some, a passion for this is kind of like the same thing for religion. You're either, th there's either something that gets you passionate enough to kind of re-examine the narrative in general. So usually, like, twists will do that, where, you know, the Darth Vader twist, yeah. which isn't really a secret anymore, obviously. Um, Wait, what's, what's, but... what's up with that Darth Vader? <laughs> Did you know he was Luke's father? What? Spoilers! But, um... So I guess that's how personally I work, where that recontextualizes the the first movie entirely because the relationship is, has changed from a super villain and a super like superhero, quote unquote, you know, hero and villain to, you know, you know, a, a family affair essentially, like more complicated. You know, it 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 makes it you know feel like there was something else to this entirely that you missed because you didn't have the full picture. And now you can re-examine, you know, other things that the whole work was trying to say, except instead of just taking everything at face value. And then there's the other connotation. So I think that's I think that's fair to say how, you know, fandoms work where someone has to like animation and just, you know, be inspired by it because they like the art form, they like the stories it's presenting, they um 
they like how characters are defined with the drawings instead of real life humans acting, quote unquote. Um, mm-hmm. But I think the other aspect of it is 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 um, it's a leap of faith, Miles. Um, you know, <laughs> that, yeah. That's, yeah. So you have to just kind of trust. Well, if you're willing to trust fandom, you're willing willing to trust religion. Um, whatever the case may be, you you kind of have to take that leap of faith and you know know that it's so. I'll I'll, I'll purchase some fandom because religion I feel like is pretty established as far as it's okay to be religious kind of kind <laughs> of thing you know. But as long as like you're open minded and you're tolerant of other people's views and you're not trying to go all um, bloody mary on people and you know assassinate people because that's just how different cultures interact with their past and um you know i like i like a little bit sidetracked but i personally don't believe in a god that's going to punish other individuals based on basically the luck of the draw like what kind of religious background they're born into and how that influences their character um you know that uh, you know that's just like you know, like God's not like hypothetically, God's not going to send me to hell just because I was born Jewish. You know, like that's kind of was it really my fault? Yeah. So, so um, I mean, you know, neither does C.S. You know, Lewis believe that either. So for that, you know, for for what it's worth, oh, yeah. Okay, well, fair enough. But just um, be a good person. <laughs> be a good person, but yeah, don't be embarrassed by you know have either having to take that leap of faith and start believing in the community and you know pony in general has a very specific moral values but sometimes it just as um non i don't want to say non-confrontational but not as like those morals aren't as clear and as black and white as the the dear princess celestia you know (laughs) yeah um as far as like dear jesus today i learned so um That'd be a fun book, but get on it. <laughs> um, but that's, I think that's okay too. You know that, and you're la- like, you still should have a strong sense of moral identity with the re- with a re- without religion. It's okay if you're as passionate as fandom as you are for someone who potentially um, could be inspired by religion. You know, I'm a hundred and twenty percent one of those people. So I think you just have to kind of navigate and understand why you're drawn you're drawn to the media or like what would Rapunzel do or something along those lines of you know <laughs> it's like for someone who might not understand like why do you like this thing so Johnny can't you just go to Jesus like a good Christian boy <laughs> um, you know is understanding that you know these stories are or explaining a narrative in a way that's relatable to you to the point where you just kind of throw yourself into it. You know, as long as you're being healthy about it, you mm-hmm. know, it should be fine. It should be fine. Oh yeah. Extreme, um, extremism, extremism in general is not a healthy thing. So it's like, just practice, you know, you know, practice it reasonably and just like practice good judgment, you know, just and extremism of anything is, is, can go haywire so it is history is we could do a whole other episode of the podcast on extremism like yeah (laughs) a part two two. hey you know if the fans demand it fair enough all 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 two of you you know hopefully (laughs) hopefully we'll get more traffic you know as we get you know other guests 
I'm sorry, Joe, but, you know, have you used your YouTube at all in, like, the last couple of years? Oh, God, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have a Twitter? I do have a Twitter. I am, uh, I do have okay. a website, Overthinking Films, and then I also have, I'm writing a lot for Religion Unplugged, so. Okay. What is that? There you go. Yeah, so check me out at those places. All two, So what is Religion Unplugged? It is a uh, magazine that does news and uh, opinion pieces about um, religion around the world, uh, all religions. Um, it's religious mm. news uh, network. And so I do a lot of their sort of faith-based uh, reviews, uh, film, film reviews. That's fair. Okay. Um, well, thank you, everyone, for listening to this week's episode. Um, just, just a couple of reminders before... Just no, my, my chair is squeaking. Just a couple of <laughs> reminders before we head out. Um, make sure you're following us, obviously, on all the social medias. So um, we have a Twitter. Our Instagram will be up shortly. Um, we post the episodes on YouTube, too, for your convenience. So if you don't know what a podcast is, or you don't <laughs> like... You know, if you don't have a podcast app, then you can just it's fine go on youtube um you know make sure you're subscribing to our main channel i love kim Possible a lot so we can get, grow in traffic and you know when we do stuff like that we can like get more interesting guests because you know subscriber count realistically helps with cre credibility you know i hate that that's the world we live in now but you know and doesn't doesn't hurt you know um let us know what you want us to talk about next we have some fun up upcoming um peeps uh fan fiction talk um which should be good and then uh we also well i'll say i'll save the other one in case it doesn't work out but <laughs> fan fiction talk time will, in, the, will in the more immediate future we do have fan fiction discussions so that there's yeah. that Ooh, nice talk about your dirty fan fictions or um maybe or not, not dirty, dirty in the sense of dirty but just like <laughs> you know um any other it's literally about dirt our, our fan fictions all wash their hands in uh, in, uh, in cooperation they, with coronavirus. They have to sing the coronavirus song when they <laughs> exactly, wash their hands. Yes. <laughs> uh, and, well, and my Twitter right. is normalguy8, so if you want to look at that, too. Okay. All right. Well, um, yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. So anyway, yeah. thanks for listening. Um, I've been KP, and this is Lauren and Joe, um, and you've been listening to us. I guess. Thank you. You're okay. welcome. To animation communication. Woohoo! Uh, well, there's already there's already a regular outro, so let's not make it too overly repetitive. Overly repetitive. Overly repetitive. Okay. Overly repetitive. <laughs> 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 okay. Bye, everyone. <laughs> bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Animation Communication on YouTube, Spotify, or your favorite podcast provider. We are really hoping this show makes a difference in how people view animation and media, as well as giving and providing advice for people all over the world who like or want to join the animation or media industry. If you liked what you heard, please remember to subscribe and rate those five stars, as well as tell your friends. Don't forget to subscribe to our main YouTube channel, I Love Kim Possible A Lot, and turn those notifications on. My name is Scribbler, and you have been listening to Animation Communication. Animation Communication